afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Lots of things to look at, and no surprise, the weather's going to be one of the things we're going to discuss. Not only that, we've got a WASDE report that's out tomorrow, and really the funds with the market and some of the driving forces that we're seeing within the trade. As Jeff Peterson joins us in studio from Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, I first want to say, really, what is the driving force? What are we seeing in these markets as producers try to move forward into July? You know, as we take a look at these markets, Susan, we always sit back and say, okay, what's going to make a difference? Is it supply? Is it demand? Is it the fundamentals, technicals? And, and really right now, it really does come back to the weather on the supply side. And, and it's focused on the weather. And really, I think the biggest thing of discrepancy as we look out there, we know it's going to be warm. It's a question of where do those rain fall, where does it fall? And, and that's what we're going to be watching really close over the next few weeks. Right now, we've got a forecast going into next week, which, which looks like we're going to pick up some warmer temps again as we get out there into the middle of the week and beyond. But we do have a little bit of rainfall before we get there, and, and that's that constant back and forth that we're having in this market. And it's going to be that way. So when we get a dry forecast, we're going to drive us up. Unfortunately, though, if, if we start getting enough rain, uh, then we come and continue to take us down. And my overall take, Susan, unless this holds on for a long time, I think we're going to have to sell the hype of it, meaning I think that ultimately I don't think it'll be so bad that it's going to impact our yields because we've got so much crop out there. But I do think it gets the speculative traders nervous. I see a couple tweets out there of producers saying, what's the Chicago weather like today? And for somebody who doesn't know the kind of joke behind that, there's a lot of seriousness that goes into a tweet like that. Oh, there's a tremendous amount. And it, and if you can get it hot and dry in the east, and, and ultimately that's what we're looking at, and you can get it dry in Chicago. Uh, I think back when there was a pit trade, that was a, a much bigger deal even. But it's, it's still a big deal even today. Looking at the current role of the funds, what are they playing in both the corn and the beans? You know, they're in, they're in an interesting position, Susan, because on corn, um, our numbers before trade started this morning had them short about 175,000 contracts. Each contract's 5,000 bushels, so they've still got a fair short on. It's a not a record short as you look at the whole year, but it is a record for this time of year. And on the soybean side, they're long about 72,000 contracts. But going back to that corn, what that means is that if we did see continued dry conditions to a point that they were concerned that the yield was dropping or ending stocks was dropping, well, they will come back in and buy back that position. So they're definitely playing a role in this market right now. We did already talk a little bit about the weather, but I know that overnight uh, some decent precipitation seen in, in the spots of the Midwest. Nebraska heading anywhere from, I saw a quarter of an inch all the way up to two plus inches. Uh, then Western Minnesota, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Tornadoes moving through agricultural land there. And we know that the farther east you go, it's hit and miss, but some areas are soggy, others are cracking up. So what is the progress? What are we going to see maybe a little bit more in-depth when we have such a wide variety of weather patterns, I guess is what I'm trying to say, across the corn belts? Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing for us is to talk about, a, I think a, a weather market in of itself has has certain characteristics of it. And I think that's always good for us to review every year. And, and really what those steps are is the progression of a weather market. It starts off with the forecast, it's hot and dry, right? We have to have that in there. But then we have to look beyond that and we have to see, do those dry conditions actually happen? And we've we've seen that too. And then the next thing we look for is we say, well, What's happening with the soil moisture levels, the topsoil and the subsoil levels? How are those changing? And we get a chance to see those every Monday in the crop progress report that comes out 
from NAS at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They report in those conditions. We go through and we break down for all the corn and soybean producing areas what are, which parts of those individual states ultimately end up having a short to very short rating. And our numbers show right now there's about 31% of the nation's corn and soybean crops that are in a short to very short status. And basically how NAS um, ultimately defines that is that if you're at a point where it's uh, very short, you're going to go ahead and have, you know, it could be a near disaster on the yield. And if it's something that's just in a short stage, well, it's probably going to reduce the yield some percentage. That compares to 24% last week. So it is getting drier, but, but it's not nearly as dry as, for instance, 2012. 2012 at this time, the short to very short on the topsoil was like 75% short to very short so we're not to that point yet so knock so in our wood. yeah exactly <laughs> knock on wood so those are our stages we look at we look at the soil moisture but then we have to start and see are we seeing those crop conditions in that weekly report decline well soybeans kind of held steady corn was down so we'll have to see what happens next week and then from there and these are areas that we haven't seen yet we'll end up having to talk in the trade about well are the yields coming down and no one's talking about that but that gives you an idea of kind of how a weather market progresses as we move along through this this season and in the time frame we're in right now. And not all years are, are weather-related markets in the extent that we might see in 2020. Uh, no, not no, not at all. You're exactly right, Susan. Well, what else are we seeing? Uh, I want to come back and we want to talk more about the WASDE during, during the second half. But is there any other influences that you're going to see, maybe not as much weather-related or just outside market influence? For these markets? Yeah, there, there sure is. Everybody continues to watch very closely. Every Wednesday we get updates on what's happening with the miles driven, and the best way for us to look at that is what's going on with the gasoline demand. And in addition from that, we're watching the ethanol real close. We're also watching what's going on in China, because in the back of our minds, we've got to remember we have a phase one trade deal yet, mm-hmm. and we're continuing to watch what's going on if their purchases. But the other thing that we're watching every week um, or whenever they have them, they've, they've also got their sales of their government stocks. And actually, so far, they've been selling everything out that they've actually been offering. So we're, we're keeping a close eye on that. We're also watching South American weather to see how their corn harvest is coming off, watching Argentina in regard to what's going on in relation to their wheat. So there's a number of different items we're watching. And now we've got a new trade deal being worked out with Kenya. There's something that just pops up crazy in the news. There's always something. Stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. We are going to talk about this WASDE report that is coming out tomorrow. A lot of folks waiting on those numbers. Stick around. A lot more is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Um. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We have a WASDE report that comes out tomorrow, so we're going to kind of dive into that here this second half and of course, all of this will be subject to change once the numbers are released at 11 o'clock tomorrow. But Jeff Peterson continues to join us with Heartland Farm Partners. Let's talk expectations. What are you thinking of for corn? You know, and that's what's interesting. As we break this apart, there's there's two big pieces that we have to deal with. We, we know because of the planted acres report, we have to deal with the acres. And we know also because of the quarterly stocks report that there has to be some adjustments made on the quarterly stocks. So on the acres, the part first, we know that that's going to be an easy one. That's going to flow right over into the WASDE report. And what that means is that compared to the June report, that's going to reduce our acres about 4.98 million acres. It's going to bring us down to just a little bit over 92 million acres. We uh, we then look at the yield next. And, and honestly, what our research has shown, Susan, 
on both the corn and on the soybean side is that we don't expect any change here in the June numbers. Normally, we don't see any type of adjustment. We've looked in both the five-year and 10-year and 15-year data sets. Um, We have seen some adjustment down, but to think that we're going to raise it, um, no, we won't. And, And the conditions aren't bad enough to go ahead and see us lower. So we think the yield stays the same. So then we move from there and we start kind of breaking things apart and we say, okay, how do exports look? And actually our export numbers, believe it or not, um, we think we're on pace to hit the export numbers that they're talking about. So we really don't think there's going to be anything there on that. So they think that'll keep that unchanged. Um, as we move over to ethanol, though, a few things we have to talk about on the ethanol side. And this would come from the numbers that came out on Wednesday from the EIA. Um, they came in at 914,000 barrels per day average. And if we look at kind of our year-to-date, Susan, that puts us down year-to-date down 10.2%. In the June WASDE report, they had us down about 8.9% compared to a year ago. So what that really means is that they could, in this report, bring ethanol down 50 to 70 million uh, bushels on the demand side. That's possible there. So if that happens, do we get a knee-jerk reaction with the corn because of that? Well, I don't think so, because what we know is that there's probably somewhere between 150 and 200 million bushels of extra stocks there we have to deal with. So we think that ethanol can be part of that. Uh, we then have to take a look at the feed side, and that's the other part. You know, the, the export numbers are numbers that get reported on um, each week. The ethanol numbers get reported on each week. Uh, so then the feed side becomes the other one. And, and what they do on the feed, how they determine where they're at on that, is they use the quarterly stock numbers. And they say, well, what was our disappearance from last quarter? And then they look at, well, what was our exports? And how much should we use for ethanol? And then they back into the feed and residual number. And our numbers would suggest that actually they need to reduce feed demand probably somewhere between 100 and 150 million bushels. And so I think when we take that reduction on the feed side, we take our reduction on the ethanol side, then I think what that does is that brings us into a point from the ending stock side where we say, well, the trade's expecting to see us jump up about 183 million bushels from the June report, and that would bring us right into that area. So that's really what we're looking at on the corn side, Susan. So what about the soybeans? Any changes expected? Yeah, soybean side, we know that there'll be a slight adjustment as we look at that on on the acre side. We know that they'll come in and raise that probably about 315,000 acres. Yield, as I talked about, I don't think we'll see any adjustments on the yield side. A couple things that of note is interesting. Um, On the export side, actually, we had a decent export number today on the old crop side. And with today's sales, it actually brings us in for year-to-date since last September to 1.69 billion bushels. 1.69 billion, Susan, believe it or not, is actually 49 million bushels higher than what USDA is forecasting will be at. Wow. Now, what that means is that we physically have to get all that shipped. So, so we, don't think they'll, we don't think they'll increase on the soybean side, but we also there's no reason for us to think they'll decrease. So the other big demand category we've got to look at is the crush. And our best information that we have from that is the NAPO crush numbers that come out every month. And when we, we take a look at that, what it shows is, is that currently year-to-date crush is at about 3% above last year. USDA has it at 2.3% is where it would be above last year. We actually think they could actually increase crush maybe 15, maybe 20 million bushels. So, so we think we could see that type of adjustment happen. As we then jump back and take a look 
at the the projection side and say, okay, what's what are they projecting for the ending stock side? That's the other area that we physically have to take a look at. And because that will get a lot of attention by the market. And, and when we take a look at those ending stock numbers there, they're really only on the soybean side expecting about 4 million bushel increase on the ending stocks for the 19 crop. Now, as we take all those numbers, what I've talked about, and we come over and look at the 20 crop, that'll bring actually the ending stocks down about 595,000. It'll actually increase the ending stocks on soybeans about 48. All right, lots of information. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. Just a reminder that trading commodities does involve, does involve, I can't even talk today, does involve a substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.